What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Sober Black Girls Club Podcast. You know, Jay Nicole, Katie, doing what we do, back in the building or in our different buildings because we're actually home. But either way, we're here getting into this conversation today. I think we're going to talk a little culture, course sobriety, and whatever else comes to our mind. So yeah, let's sit back. Katie, what's up? How you feeling? You know, I mean, I didn't even tell you why. I'm so I came off the bus, so I take a bus into the city and then back into the city that I live in. And it's like a big bus, it's not like the general, like it's an express bus. I don't know if you're familiar with New York City chance. Why no. did I fall? Like bus? <laughs> no, and this is not funny. I fell, right? And I haven't felt like who falls? I'm I don't fall. Like there's no way to fall out. I fell recently and I was I was pretty embarrassed. I was home and I was on the floor hysterically laughing because I could not believe that I really fell like on the ground fell it was crazy. You see, but that happened at home. I'm outside and it was raining and snowing. And I'm telling you, Jay, like generally it just happened to me like years ago. I would have been canceled this. I would have been my knee is bleeding. I had to like call. First of all, I took down that bus's number because a lawsuit might be in progress. But I I got up and I'm like, did I just really fall down on the floor in public off of a big and this is not a regular bus, this is one of those big buses. Oh, and then I looked down and my slacks, like I, I was in court this morning, like scraped up, cut up. My knee is scraped. I look like a little child. Like I literally had a scraped knee at the age of 30. This is ridiculous. How can this you, okay, crazy. I understand, but how can you expect me to not laugh? I, I'm, I mean, <laughs> oh, laugh. you're in one piece, you're in one piece, but the more details that came out, the harder it was starting to become for me to <laughs> slacks and there's their tore up the the bleeding that's not funny but you really got hurt so guys she's dedicated she's still <laughs> on recording the episode knee bleeding, <laughs> pants busted but you have the bus number so yeah and like my knee is still bleeding right now because i don't even know what to do with this i'm like what do i even do with a scraped up knee like you take a shower (laughs) i don't think you should take a shower i feel like from just childhood knowledge i feel like that's gonna burn just my thought well i gotta take a shower after i have to i I take no i gotta take a shower go to bed i can't take i can't go to sleep without a shower but i feel like maybe i should go to cvs and get like some neosporin right definitely want to get something like that it sounds like you were knee deep <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> into a situation that definitely needs okay some. that was actually a really good one <laughs> yeah sometimes so- sometimes i can come through and, and it's not super corny it's, it's on yeah, that point. was a good one knee deep yes girl Thank my brush is great uh okay nails come through nails i see you nails with the yes, nails yes, okay yes, yes. okay Real quick, before we get into it, I'm just happy because my worst fear, what is your worst fear when you think about you falling? What is it? Me is my teeth getting knocked out. Girl, my too. So I'm happy that my teeth are in my mouth, that my nails are still on my fingers, that my wig did not come off, and that my phone did not get busted because Everything came out of like my, my briefcase. It was in that. It was like one of those scenes you see in like a sitcom. Can somebody try to help you? 
Uh, yeah, I got one of the houseless people who were out the, the, in front of the store because it stops, the bus stops in front of CVS. And literally, the dude that I always give money to, and he was like, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. He helped me get my stuff out. And then the bus driver was really upset. He was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, and then, oh, he, he said, did you fall on the curb? No. I fell because I missed one of your steps because the bus is too high. And granted, I did have a lot of bags in my hand. So I guess I didn't That's, realize. This is the lawyer. This is definitely the lawyer in you talking. <laughs> so I did Speaking not. specifics. No, it was actually the step on your bus that I missed because. Now, can you see how he tried to avoid liability? <laughs> it was the curb. No, no, no. <laughs> it's not the curb. It was the bus. Okay. I fell off of the bus onto the curb. But he was smart. He was like, it was the curb. Like, no, no, you ain't gonna get it. Right. He probably had his phone recording. He had his voice note out. Like, was it the curb? Speak louder, ma'am. Was it? <laughs> Speaking to the mic. You want me to call an ambulance? I said no. Okay. Nah, who wants that bill? Yeah, okay. But okay, okay, we really off topic right now. I'm sorry, we're gonna get into it. But I hate when people and I shouldn't say this. No, I should say this. I'm saying. Say it, say it. I hate when people I hate when people fall and they just sit there. Like, get up! Like you don't even know what to look They could be in shock. I'm telling you, when I fell, I knew I was home, but I was like, wow, I'm really on the ground. I haven't been like on the ground. This is crazy. At home with off the steps? Yep. It was bad. It was bad. <laughs> but I'm okay. And you're okay. And you made it back. And you are yeah, so committed. You are so committed to Sober Black Girls Club podcast. And no one has a video or picture of me doing it because I got right up as soon as it happened. You think they don't until you're tagged. You think you you think that we're gonna see you on the shade room later. <laughs> All right. All right, we get into it. What are we talking about today? <laughs> we are talking about how to stay sober after you fall, fall off a bus. Huh? Sorry. Oh, uh, ha- after you fall off a bus, <laughs> how do you stay to sobriety? Do you need 12 steps or, oh, wait, steps? No. Steps and you? No. That was another good one. That was a good one. <laughs> You had enough of the steps for today. That, yeah, I had enough steps. Yeah, Come through Jay nice. Nicole with the sobriety humor. Anyways, oh, but okay. on a serious note, guys, we are trying to talk about how to stay sober while being Black in the culture. Is that the same thing? Yo, I just had to be my laugh, my mic to laugh. When I said black, I was just joking. But the theme, it really is. It's like, how do you, how, how do we stay sober while trying to, be, still trying to like be in the culture? Because just because you black don't mean you're in a culture. Some of y'all just be. What do y'all think? You think she's coming for me? Do y'all think that energy? Because. <laughs> I'm not coming. No, I'm not coming from you. I'm coming from, what is, what is Will Smith's cousin's name? No, not in, not real Will Smith in, in the Fresh Bishop area. What's his name? Oh, Carlton. 
some of y'all be acting, well, some of y'all be acting with Carlton Blake. So not, not everyone who's Black be in the culture. So, um, and I think we can get into like more detail of what it means to like really be in the culture. But yeah, like how do you stay sober when a lot of, like if you do like hip hop, rap music, you know, I'm definitely a trap girl. I love trap music and um, it's, it's a lot, has a lot to do with like drugs and drinking. And even though it doesn't trigger me, I think that it's, it's quite normal that it would probably be triggering someone else. Like it makes sense um, in terms of like <clears throat> going out. How do you, how are you able to do that? I know like a big thing, even though I'm not good at it and I definitely know Jay, you're not good at it. You know what I'm about to say? No, but I want to hear it. You know what I'm about to say? I know you do not know how to play space. I know you don't. Wow. Say you do. Say you do. Wow. Lie and say you hold, do. Hold up. Hold up. Hold <laughs> no, lie up. and say you do. Hold up. I cannot believe that you just, wow, you're going really, and you know what's crazy is I've been playing spades since I was like 12. Are you being serious right now? I'm being 100% serious. How many books we have? Are we going board? Make sure you don't renege. Get off this table. <laughs> you don't know how to play. What are you talking about? I don't know how Wait, to play did, spades. Jay, you really know how to play spades? I really know how to play spades. Now, I'm not saying I'm the best of the best because I have stopped playing because of all of the seriousness. I have some friends and family that take it way too serious and I don't have that kind of time, but I do know how to play. And a long story short, it's just like playing I declare war with teams. The fact that you came for me, I gotta, I gotta, I don't know. I gotta sit with that. That's a mess. I think he's gonna let you hear my voicemail. So since you heard my voicemail, <laughs> now you're going to try to switch up on me and say, I don't know how to play spades. Wow. If you're just listening to this, I'm just giving Jay the side eye right now. Cause I do not believe not one word. Of what you're saying we gonna are right, we gonna play spades right on this video and they're gonna see us play right on youtube watch no i can't play well i'm gonna I'm take a video of me playing and i'm gonna share it with on sober black girls club and you're gonna see haters oh, it's, your, it's your own people that's crazy all right so how do we maintain our sobriety while trying to still, you know, still be in a culture, still be, you know, cool. I don't know. Like, I know for me, I don't know. I don't, you know, you answer it first. I think, I think it's tough. And the reason why is because even just people's comments, I made a video of TikTok a while ago, like it's probably been like two years now where it was like, oh my God, you don't drink. Did you have a problem with drinking? But it's like, if someone's like, I don't, I don't eat mayonnaise. You're like, oh, did you have a problem with mayonnaise? It's yeah. like, no, I just don't drink. So I feel like we don't really respect that. And people, it's like, you're a unicorn or an anomaly if you say you don't. And then a lot of us, do you really want to explain? No. And then it's like, cause it, it's your personal journey and your story. So if you're like, no, I'm not drinking tonight or I'm good. I don't know. I don't want to drink. It's like so much pressure that it could be a spiritual reason it doesn't even have to be the fact that you're in sobriety or, or trying to maintain you just don't drink and, and we because it's so glamorized like you just said whether that's in music or videos social media it's a it's a glitz and glamour to it so if you're out of that then there's something wrong with you 
Yeah. Um, this conversation is making me think about, um, it's making me think about verses. And I have such a real mother effing problem with verses. And if you're not familiar with verses, it's basically an event. It was started um, during the pandemic when we were in quarantine. I mean, we're still in a pandemic. Some of us are still not in quarantine. Some of us are still in quarantine. Um, and I believe it was created by, why do I want to say Dr. Dre? But I think that's wrong. Who created no, it's Timberland it? and Swiss Beats. <laughs> Thank you, Jay. Wow, Jay is really showing her black card today, Spain. And you trying to revoke it. So what you saying? <laughs> trying to revoke my black card? That's crazy. Spain. Nah, I'm, I'm not over that. It's too soon. Keep going with your, with your conversation. I'm not, I'm not over that. All right. So, and it's an event that, you know, takes place on IG Live. And generally, like, two artists who probably were around the same um, era, they get together and they... They basically play like music back um, and forth. And I guess, who, you know, whoever has the crowd mostly like jamming, I guess, is the winner. But I don't really think there's any winner or loser. It's just like a big celebration and they both have, yeah, like, bragging rights. So um, I remember the last verses I saw was um, Shaka Khan uh, versus Stephanie Mills. And everyone knows that Shaka Khan has some type of history with substance abuse or alcohol i'm not too sure which one but she's talked about it um and it's just something that's like well known like it's just folks know about it like you know sh folks know and i couldn't believe that in this versus this versus is sponsored by sarak which sarak is created or was is created was created or founded or just represented by sean diddy combs puff love whatever the f you want to call him and um <clears throat> And that versus she was just surrounded by alcohol and it was so clear that like she was intoxicated and or some type of intoxication it was clear that she, you know she wasn't her 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 sober self and shaka khan is like a freaking legend like i don't even be knowing a lot of like oldies because i'm like not from that era but you know your legends like you just know people you're supposed to respect who have done so much for the community has so, done so much for like the music and i just cannot believe that the uh promoters would allow her to like be like that on stage first of all she was surrounded by alcohol why would you have alcohol near someone that you know has a um a past a past history or his some type of history with substances and i was really upset i remember i posted it on instagram and then i had you know you say something <laughs> you could disagree with me all you want but on my page, when I says ghost, so I posted that I think it's an embarrassment that like Shaka Khan is being made fun of and she's trending on Twitter. But the real clowns, in my opinion, are the promoters and people who put on um, the event and had her surrounded by alcohol, knowing that she has a problem. Like it just shows a lack of respect. And it also shows that like folks are just so willing and so able to put money and profits and entertainment over one's wellness and health. And sobriety what and do you think but to just really to kind of just to interject there a little bit to play devil's advocate in this regard right what do you think about shaka khan though and and listen sweet thing that's one of my favorite songs and, and she's she's dope but making that choice to this is your job so what's it we're talking about being a part of the culture or, or doing your job or what that comes with and then putting yourself in those environments for a check really because that's what you're doing that for 
for example, I was listening somewhere that Jess Hilarious was saying that she most recently did her first show or maybe one Mm -hmm. of her first shows sober. Mm -hmm. And she was surprised how well she did and how clear, because I feel like when you are a performer, whether that's a musician or an artist or whatever, alcohol and drugs, it goes hand in hand. So it's like, this is what I do to get that liquid courage, or I don't know what else other people are doing to get out there. So do you think that some of that responsibility is on the individual or you still stand that, Hey, we can also play our part in helping someone not be in that situation. I think that if we're talking about community, if we're talking about like unity, you know, constantly hearing that black people don't stand up for each other. And I feel like when I hear stuff like that, like it's always using the wrong context. This is the context you're supposed to be using that for, right? Knowing that someone has a sickness and and I don't even really think of addiction as a, as a sickness. But when I hear folks pass and, and how much they struggle with it, I can understand why, you know, it is being labeled as a sickness. And to me, it's like, this is not just someone who, who who, you know, doesn't have a well-known history. And and I feel like just the the past, you know, stories I've heard, I don't think it's really all in her control. I think that like, this is something she struggled with for a long time, you know? And I also think that the verses was like, first of all, the verses, this verses was meant to celebrate her. Like folks were like promoting it as like, this is not gonna be like the usual verses where one person goes against this person. This is gonna be a celebration. So if this is a celebration, why wouldn't you honor her by honoring her past and honoring the, you know, the things that we know she struggles with. And even if she did still would have chose to to drink, right? I would have still felt better knowing that the event planners actually gave a F because I honestly feel like, especially in the black community, the only time that addiction or substance abuse, and I am shaking my head for those who are just listening, is taken seriously is when folks display really antisocial behavior. Like if they become paranoid or they become homeless or, you know, they, they, they constantly lose jobs. That's when it's a problem, but because, but, you know, getting on stage and, and, and really, I'm sorry, embarrassing oneself is okay, right? Constantly drinking and fighting and fights breaking out and getting arrested, it's okay. It's funny, right, for entertainment. In 10, 20 years when we see folk, a folk, you know, pictures of like past, of former basketball players and former um, uh, pageant winners on the streets, clearly, you know, due to drug addiction, we're like, oh my God, he went out bad. He went out bad. But when he was, but when, you know, but when this person, I'm not talking about a specific person, you know, y'all can use Google, but when he or she was still, you know, in, in the culture, in society, you know, getting drunk and fighting and doing this, everyone thought it was funny. Everyone was laughing. And now that this person's on the street begging for money, you want to clown them. Oh, he went out bad. Oh, she went out bad. To me, that's just an embarrassment. That's just not community, in my opinion. No, I hear you <laughs> on that. I think I think is it's true. We have to do better with that. But the overall point of what we're talking about is it's tough. It is really difficult to maintain. And I also think we can't even really say based on a certain age group, right? Because Shaka Khan is in a way different bracket than we are. And we're here, there's people younger and all together, but it's all about entertainment. And I think a lot of things become 
don't really become that serious until that issue is in your backyard. So until it's your family member or your close friend or somebody like that, that's strung out and people putting them on the shade room or sharing them and not no shade to the shade room, but facts. I mean, it's people are blasted there and shown there or different things like that. Like Delonte. And a lot of, a lot of up and shade to the shade. All they do is embarrass black people. Yeah, uh, exactly. And, 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 but, and black people love it though. Eat it up. Reading it and finding out all kinds of stuff. But that happens to Delonte West. He played for the Cavs. He was played for the Mavericks. He was good. And then he ended up being dealing with some mental health stuff, strung out and out there. And then once his video went like viral of him being out there is when people were really trying to help him. Now, again, this is all we see. We don't know who's trying to help who in the background, but we're talking about the majority. We celebrate with substances. So we're drinking, we're, we're, we're partying, we're doing all that. And I think it's really hard to, to say, nah, I'm good. I'm going to pass. When I actually, this is a funny thing. When I was going on the first date with Tanya, we distinctively said, she's like, oh yeah, you know, we can get together on this Friday. I'm like, yeah, that's cool. You know, you want to get drinks, appetizers, whatever. It'll be late. And I just went along with it. And I didn't say right then, oh, I actually don't drink. I just, we just went. But then when we were there and she ordered like wine and I didn't order anything. And I was like, oh yeah, no, I don't drink. I'm, I'm sober. I don't drink it or whatever. It was fine. But I didn't say it straight up front. Like mm-hmm. I felt like in my mind, if I'm like, nah, I don't drink before you kind of get to know me or we have this conversation, you might think I'm boring. Or like, oh, this, oh, this is this is gonna be a drag. Like, who wants to hang out with somebody that doesn't drink? But obviously it worked. We're still together, but still that's one of those things where you have that kind of like, uh, how do I fit in? How don't I? Yeah. And how wait, how old were you when this happened when you first got together? I think I was like 20, like 27. <laughs> okay, yeah. And that's that's really that's pretty, pretty, really, really, really young. Yeah. Um, yeah. And honestly, like, I just feel like that's a whole nother conversation. I wanted to bring something up, but I feel like dating, well, going on first drink, like, first of all, going on first dates, excuse me, and drinking is such a slippery slope. Like, you know, I, I shared a story where I never, I didn't come home for like 30 days, but then even like in those like lesser, like, that's lesser a super days. slippery slope. That's, but that's even like, I'm not even going to come for you. <laughs> I'm just going to let you live. Even in, in like, lesser like like you know scenarios that are not that big I feel like there's so many times even going on dates and people just getting drunk and just being so annoying and sloppy and so aggressive like I don't know I'm like I prefer well you know what let me just stop I'm like let me not get in let me not let me not go there but yeah I think on first date especially like dating I have only dated white I'm I've only dated black people. So from my experience, drinking is usually You're not you're not gonna be able to edit that out. I, I am gonna be able am to edit going that out. to make that a video clip and I'm gonna keep that in my back pocket and share that. I'm actually I actually am gonna be able to edit that out. But anyways, in my experiences, in my experience of only dating black people i will say that alcohol and drugs oftentimes were involved and even when that even when people that i have dated didn't drink or normally do the type of drugs that i was doing they were still always willing to allow me to do it and go get it 
like you know it was it's just like it's nothing it's like oh do you do you take this no but if you want to go get it you can go get it you think we can change this or how how could we change it or what advice could we offer to someone who feels like that what if you were the life of the party your house or you you, what you do and and this is just kind of a part of your, your identity and you still want to be a part of it. Heck, every time I'm scrolling on Instagram and I see all of these card games that are created by black people and such, like a lot of them are like, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's really a hard, I'm, I'm really having sat and thought about it. And so we started talking about, we were going to discuss it. It's embedded in the culture. I want to help people who want to be sober, get sober. But my goal in life is not to like, don't drink and drinking exists. You go go to hell. This and that. I I just feel like I feel like I don't have a place to do that, especially being black in this country. Again, I, and I will say this: like for black people, two things are very prevalent. Like in two ways, do we think that we can overcome our struggles and live a better life? And and it's false. But the the, the idea is that we can overcome the structural, right? Structural. Um, roadblocks in our way by either one overproducing so overworking right you know and I definitely went that route at first you know I got a law degree thought I was gonna be happy as hell graduated got a job and I was miserable why because self-esteem self-worth doesn't come from all those things it doesn't come from producing it comes from knowing it's like yeah I got this law degree but my self-esteem comes from me acknowledging that I am a very hard worker, me acknowledging that I am a goal getter, me acknowledging that I am resilient, me acknowledging that I'm intelligent. For me, it's like getting like getting this degree and getting that car was just like things I was checking out, like checking off, like, oh, I got this, 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 right? Now, that's how a lot of black people think that if I keep on producing, keep on doing this, I'm gonna be happy. And then there's comes a point where you realize, wow, I'm I'm very unhappy. I'm so happy, unhappy. I'm depressed. So that's one way. And then there's a second way. The second way is pleasure. Do you know how many Black people that I've met, and this wasn't my experience, but how many Black people that I met in the recovery space who, and again, when I bring a profession, it's not to be elitist and it's not to like close certain people out because I'm going to be honest with you. In a couple of years, I'm not going to be using my law degree. I, I think that a lot of times we get into professions because we it, we think it's going to bring us happiness and we think we're going to be, you know, prestigious and elite. And then we realize this is not even what I want to do. So I don't bring up these professions to be elite, but I'm, I, I bring them up to say that even when we do what society thinks is the, the, the most like the most I don't know hardest work that we could have done it still doesn't lead to that fulfillment that we think it's going to lead to so one yes it is production producing we think if we become doctors we become lawyers you know we become entrepreneurs you know we we do this podcast we do this tv show we acting whatever we think that if we have all this stuff we're going to be happy and blah right and then the second one is pleasure it's like you know how many blind people that I met in this recovery room who Oh, that's why I kind of forgot why I brought up the whole doctor and lawyer thing. Who are right in some type of profession who didn't experience their first vacation until like they were 30 years old. That 
is mother effing ridiculous. But the reality is that's that's the reality for a lot of people. And also like poor, poor white folks, right? Folks who don't have the income, especially growing up in families and growing up in, in the hood and the projects to go to Disney World, to take a vacation to, um, I don't know, to Paris, to do things that American families do, American quote unquote white families do, right? We don't have that type of access to resources and, and ain't nobody gonna say, my, you know, let's be clear. I went on bad vacations growing up, right? My parents, one, my folks, one, they're immigrants. So for them, they already had this like a lot, just really a lot of pressure on them because I'm feeling they had to produce, 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 produce and that traumatized, all, like that traumatized I'll speak for myself, that traumatized me a lot. So it's not even healthy. So that's not even healthy. So in terms of like pleasure for folk, a lot of folks who may be, you know, in the low working class or even in like the poor class who don't have the income and the resources to go on vacation, what are they gonna do for pleasure? Of course, alcohol and drugs are gonna are gonna be involved. What else are they gonna do? Look at each other, look in the mirror? What, what, are they, what do you expect them to do? Right, and that's why, I, and that's why when people be like, "Why do you always bring race?" Race has to do a lot to do with everything. Are you kidding me? When it's discrimination in schools and work employments and who gets what jobs and who gets to go to what school, and then and that clearly eventually leads to who get what resources. And when we say resources, I mean money. What do you like? Can you like can connect the freaking dots? Of course, it has to do with it has to do with sobriety. It has to do with how we view ourselves and how we 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 are able to experience pleasure. And I know I'm ranting a lot, and I will say this: like recently, within the last like four or five years, there's been this big thing of like black women, black girls getting back into nature. Right? You know how ridiculous that is. Black people, we're from Africa. Like, and if you don't believe that, whatever. I'm not. I'm not getting into that. I'm African. I don't know about y'all, right? I'm African, and I'm talking about the descendants of the descendants of people who came from Africa and were slaves in America. When they were back in Africa, they were all up in nature. They were hunting. They were skipping and doing all these like these these communal activities that they did. And then they came to America, and America basically ingrained into us from slavery to even today that we are nothing but but work that what we have to do is work 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 and, and that's the american dream and it's not and i'm so happy that a lot of our people especially like black women are getting back into our roots and our roots are planting and being with nature and being with animals i know and keep your keep your rottweiler and your people away from me but oh Jay, you got a nice, cute little dog. Yes, yeah, you got a cute little dog. Like, you know, it's being with animals. Bring him up. <laughs> you know, being with animals. Like, doing all those things is what is where we came from. But because, again, this country, literally, since the moment we stepped foot in this country, work, 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 we lost a sense of identity of who we are. And that's a whole other topic for a whole other thing. But, um, I think that like if if the if the the wealth gap between disparities in this country don't improve and black families are not being able to bring in the income, right? To bring in the resources where people can experience pleasure in, in different ways. You know, go sky jumping, I don't know if that's a thing, but whatever, sky jumping, diving, doing all those things that everyone should have access to, our folks are gonna continue 
to find pleasure in other people's harm and washing versus them being on a shade room drinking. You know, that's what a lot of like I know people who really what you doing Friday night? Nothing gonna be drinking and being on the shade room. I'm like, okay, you okay, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a big part of it is our experiences, what we were exposed to and not exposed to. So if the same thing, if this is what our parents did or our grandparents or cousins, uncles, whoever that were growing up around and you see these things, it's kind of what you see. They're laughing, joking, smoking cigarettes at the table, playing cards, just kind of like doing their thing. I remember eating crab, watching my family eat a whole bunch of crabs, but also (laughs) drinking beer. And so it was like crabs and beer. And I loved eating crabs and drinking beer. It was just a part of just like the experience and what we did and just for like you just said pleasure so that's a part of our culture if you ask anybody like oh you want to go eat crabs and then they're like oh yeah we gotta make sure we got some drinks too like it's always and make sure we have the drinks too i'm big a big proponent of grief and just talking about that and tackling that on other platforms and that's the thing i always say when somebody's like oh my person just died you'd be like oh cool oh that's sad it's messed up i'm gonna grab some drinks and come through or you want to go get mm-hmm. some drinks it's like it, it like it's just like what is the there's another option there's other mm-hmm. things to say to somebody then yeah i'm gonna go get a bottle this just happened i'm gonna go get a bottle i'm gonna go grab some weed we're gonna do this and that it's like it's it's just really embedded in our mind so of course it's going to be glamorized for good or for bad times it's just like it's it, it, this is the best option for people and what we've known so like you said with us being able to talk about it and show that there's different options and it's not always easy even just think about it. Like for me, the summertime is the most difficult time for me to remain sober or have less thoughts of wanting to drink because it's like, dang, we about to be at my house Lit. chilling out on the deck. You know what I mean? Like drinking, let's do this. And I'm going to be honest. I kind of feel sometimes that I robbed myself, even though I know by getting sober, I gave myself a better shot, but I'll be feeling kind of hating. Like I stopped drinking before it got more cool like I was drinking when it was the basics like now you can do different stuff like go to breweries or or go wine tasting like I wasn't doing that I was drinking underage so I wasn't able to go to these places I was only drinking in bars for a few years 21 to 23 and that was it so when I'm seeing all this new stuff come out these hard seltzers and all this stuff that looks so cool I'm like dang like what's that taste like you know what I'm saying and so in the summer so many I, jokes I, could have been made but I'm not gonna make them. no what what is it because I said hard seltzer no what go for it no say it <laughs> no no <laughs> no <laughs> thank you but You're yeah welcome. so I, I mean it's it is hard because you can feel a little left out a little situation just the other day we had a family get together and my brother was like oh should I bring a bottle of wine and I was like no it's at it's at my mom's house so like my mom doesn't drink but she's also a minister so he's like oh yeah I forgot I forgot where we were going I forget what he called it but he said I forgot (laughs) where we were going or whatever it is but that's in his nature to bring a bottle let's you know and he tried to calm it down because it was for a baby to say wine but What's, it was a baby. Wait, what? We were celebrating. My my niece is about to be born, so we were celebrating oh, okay. having a family dinner before that. And so he instead of saying like I'm bring a bottle of honey or something like that, it was like I'm going to bring a bottle of wine. So in his mind, that probably was a little better. But it's still like just because we're getting together doesn't mean that there has to be an option for drinking. 
So again, it goes back to our experience and what we're used to, what we're familiar with. And I think it's really hard to get out of that. How do you become the person that's like, well, I've done it now. So people know, like, they'll ask me like, oh, is it cool if we, and I, and I don't care. I'm not that kind of person. You can bring alcohol to my house. That's just me because I don't, I'm not in that space in my journey where that kind of stuff bothers me. It doesn't bother me at all. It just, it just really doesn't. But in the summertime, things like that is where it's a little more like, okay, like we can kick up, put some music on, do this and that. And it's like, mm, that drink does look kind of good. It is kind of <laughs> hot out here. <laughs> and I'm not, I don't really do too much. I have, I'll do like mocktails, things like that. If I'm out somewhere, maybe, but like just on a regular, like at home, like I don't really do like non-alcoholic beer and stuff like that. Not because I think it's bad. It's just not something that I do now. Early, early on in my journey, I would, but now, nah, not really. Yeah, honestly, like hearing you, I'll be honest, there's only one thing I do miss about, even though people be like, really, Katie, that's so nasty. It's gross. I'm like, really? I don't know. Is this is this a PG podcast? I know, I think it's real. What, what's, what's the rate on this podcast? Spit it out. What are you going to say? I, I Honestly, I really do miss having drunk sex. I'm not going to lie. I just won't lie. And people are always like, Katie, I'm like, that's so nasty. People, but I'm like, okay, no, your experiences of throwing up is disgusting, right? But like, not everyone that's, that's that's not the case for everyone but that's the only like for the summer like, especially yeah especially summer romance but you just out it's something like that that's the only time i ever would be like <sighs> it would be nice and and even though a lot of people like a lot of sex sober um sober sex positive advocates say that sober sex is great and it just takes some time to getting used to and these are and honestly the people the the advocates that I know of in my head, they are like really, you know, out there and they make it seem fun. But in my head, I'm just like, uh, okay, I, I just, I, I don't, I don't see it yet. And it's okay. But that's the only time I'm thinking like, okay, yeah, you know, a drink probably would have made this feel better. But, um, I, you know what I was thinking like the other day, I don't know, you know who's Tony Wild is? Yeah. So I've been seeing about, it. I didn't know, but I knew that the person is some, so yeah, so again, my te- my favorite music is really trap music, and trap music, like, you know, they're talking about coke, they're talking about bricks, they're talking about drinking, they're talking about having sex, they're talking about all the stuff that they're talking about, about getting money, you know, they're talking about, trap music doesn't really involve, like, murder or anything like that, but they are talking about pretty explicit stuff. And um, I go between trap music and Afrobeats and Snooty Wild, he created this song called, he just passed away, so rest in peace, right? He just passed away, he's a rapper. And he created this song called the Yayo, when I was in, I I think I was in college or high school. And it is about hope. And I'm like, yo, and this is really one of my favorite songs. Like this is one of my favorite songs. Even though I, I listen to it in my head, I'm like, it would be cool, you know, you know, usually when I'm out in Miami, this, you know, song is blazing, like, this would be a nice time, but I know that, like, I know, I know better, I know what the end result is going to be, <laughs> and it's going to be, like, this is going to be a disaster, so I, I do, you know, I guess, like, I don't really have, I don't have a lot of difficulties, you know, listening to trap, but I will say I was struggling when I found out he passed away, and I was blasting the song Yeo, which is really my song, it is really just, like, the song, and I was just thinking about my first time in Miami, which is when I actually started 
using like other types of <laughs> don't go to Miami. Um, actually, no, I think well, Misha, anyways, don't go to Miami. Um, so when I started to go to Miami is when I really started to like explore outside of like alcohol. And I don't know, I, I feel like over the past two weeks, like September has hit that, and every morning I'm blasting the song to get ready. I kind of did have like some thoughts of like if I was in Miami right now, it, it would be lit. It would be lit. It would be lit. But I also know the repercussions would be horrible. Um, would probably lead and like to an arrest, <laughs> to getting fired, to like just all these fights, to like missing appointments, to missing my obligations. It would just be a disaster. So I'm happy that I still have the mind frame to like play it through. I never want to act. I never. I, I never want to lie or act like you know. I think it's okay to say, yeah, I can't, and it's not, it's not that I really miss it, the substance. It's just, I'm, I miss like the scene around the substance, you know, like the scene around it. Um, everyone just being so free and like loose, like hippies and just like, you know, just like, but it can get dangerous. So I still have the mind frame to like play it through. So even when I do have like a thought in my, in my mind, it's always like, mm, remember where you ended up in 2018, don't go there. But I, so I, so, but I still listen to whatever I, I want to listen to. Yeah, I agree with that. I think it's important for us to be able to be that honest with ourselves and show people that it's, you can't just think that, oh, you don't miss this or you don't miss that. It's a reality. And I think it could it could actually be a little more dangerous if you don't acknowledge it. This is from my experience. I'm not 13 years sober, but so what? I still think about I like drinking. That's the thing. Girl. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I like drinking. I enjoyed it. It's not something that I, if I was able to do it responsibly and didn't have an yeah. issue with that, I would do it. You know what I mean? I always so, tell people, sorry. No, your mic is like going in and out. I mean, I'm confused. <laughs> I'm like, should I talk or should I not talk? But no, I, I, I'm, I'm happy. Like you said that. I feel like sometimes people have to be, be real. Um, people have to be. I'll be honest. At the end of my drinking, it just wasn't fun anymore. And I feel like even now, at this, at this point, you know, even two years out. Drinking is just not what it is, what it used to be, right? So I don't even get drunk anymore. The last time I did it, I did not get drunk. Um, I get bloated. Like, I get really big stomach issues. So for me, drinking is not something that, like, is, is something that I kind of even want. I feel like it's going to hurt. Like, it's, all I think about is pain when I think about, like, alcohol nowadays. But I'm happy that, like, people can be real. Like, just to like act like folks don't miss the lifestyle or the life, especially like everyone has nostalgia. You just think back to like good times. I think that's pretty normal, especially you. And one of these episodes, I really want to get deep into your story because I feel like, I feel like it is important. Like I do want to focus more in the club overall with, um, I want to focus more on like young folks um, in high school and in college. One, teach them how to do it responsibly. Like, look, look, just look what irresponsible drinking looks like. Look what things happen. You know what I mean? And I feel like for most people, drinking problems, addictions, it's all, it's a, it's, it's a progress. Like you don't, I know for some pathways, people really believe, truly believe that it's in their gene. It's how they were born. I was not born into addiction. I don't come from a family history of it. And, 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 you know, I don't come from an internal family history, but I do come from an external family history in, in the sense that our ancestors 
who were enslaved, many of them did face drinking problems um, and addiction, even though that's an untold story, but our ancestor Frederick Douglass um, and many others did experience addiction because that's how they, you know, try to escape from all the violence that they were experiencing, right? So in that sense, I do come from a, a history of, of addiction, but immediate family, I don't. Um, so for me, I don't believe that I was born into this. I think that um, it is something that gradually happens and that the more times you do it and the manner you're doing it and what you're using it for can lead to an addiction. And I can clearly you know, pinpoint to where my addiction started because um, it, it, it wasn't too long after that I decided I need to stop. I decided I couldn't live like this. Like, this is just not me. Like, I couldn't live, you know, with the whole switching jobs, apartment. I couldn't do all that, right? So um, I think that there needs to be a focus. I know in the recovery realm, they don't put a lot of focus on, on young folks. It's just like, you want to wait until they get a problem? You want to wait until they develop addiction? Like, why? Why? Especially with that new show now that's out, Euphoria. You watch yeah, it? I haven't watched it, but I was hearing people that were, like, seeing people's comments and talking about it and how they, how they feel about it. But I agree with you. I think the focus should be, a lot of it should be on the younger people, too. And like you said, I'm not someone who goes around telling people, oh, you should be sober. You shouldn't drink. It's so bad for you. No, I would tell people sometimes I'm kind of jealous that you can do this <laughs> and, that you, and that you can do this responsibly. So I miss drinking, but I don't. I, I, it's facts. It's facts. I don't, I don't miss the... I don't remiss obviously the bad things that come from right, it and, and the irresponsibility, <laughs> but to say that I'm like, man, I'm done work. I'm going to go get a drink like that, that I don't, I don't have that experience as a professional adult. I don't mm. know happy hours with coworkers that none of that happened for me. So it's like, sometimes I do feel a little bit like, man, that's kind of, you mm. know, here or there, but at the end of the day, I'm grateful, super grateful for my choice. And I would prefer my sober life where I know everything that happened yesterday Exactly. I know what's going on. I don't feel sick. I'm not wasting opportunities. I know I can represent myself the best because truthfully, when people ask me about why I became sober and what I did, I always say I wanted to be the best version of myself. And I know for a fact, I could not do that drinking. That's it. So I don't necessarily say, oh, I'm an alcoholic or this and that, but I will say I had a problem with drinking and I do not want to dis find out about that the hard way so I'm gonna just say <laughs> I don't like that that was not a good time in my life it was just I proved to myself multiple times this just is not a part of your journey kid like you can't be who you want to be and be all these great things and be drinking I just don't think that I proved to myself so for people out there that's going through that and, and trying to maintain their sobriety or their sober life and their decisions in the culture you got to find more communities like this. That's really a fact. I think is more of being proactive to find where you do fit in and less resentment about where you no longer fit in right now. Yes, I totally agree. And also, wait, I wanted to ask you a question. I don't know if it's personal, but did your wife, I don't think it's personal, but did your wife drink? She does, but not enough. And what, I'm just joking <laughs> because I, I tell her all the time, I'm like, why, why, did, like, why don't you drink? Like, have drinks, but actually i'm sure she doesn't mind me saying this but was in a previous relationship where alcohol was a problem so mm -hmm. coming out of that relationship hoping and praying for someone that didn't drink responsibly <laughs> like that and then yeah. think is a sick joke when you get 
mashed up with sober Sally, this is not what you really, you didn't mean that much. Like, <laughs> I didn't mean completely, she says yeah. this all the time. So she does drink, like she'll, she'll have a glass of wine out or like have a drink here and there, but it never really was a big part for her. So it's not so much of, of a loss Got in it. that regard, if that, if that makes sense. But plus you always get a designated driver. So <laughs> and, yeah, they gotta worry. And I was gonna say, cause okay, so that's another thing. Like you said, like folks have to create community. The thing is that there's not that many communities. So I feel like with SBGC, it was such a big thing because a lot of the women, and again, not all, but there's some women who are like, you know, houseless and really had to like rebuild their lives and that's okay I don't think any of us um, um, like our stories are not going to be the same and everyone everyone has their own story sorry and it's, it's all they're all beautiful right but I think a big part of it was that a lot of the women in our in the club they're working women they go they go to school they work they live um they live everyday lives they have kids right and um again because generally in our community you have to be down bad bad like you know be experiencing some like you know deranged paranoia attitude or you know be on the subway and do and making faces for folks to be like you need to stop drinking so there was so the fact that there's this concept where it's like we know we have a drinking problem and even though we're not the face of recovery and sobriety we're not the face that people are talking about the fact that we're still using our autonomy and and thinking ahead and saying like I'm still going to do something about it I want to do something about it it was a big it's a big deal it is a huge deal the fact that no one is telling you and in our families and this is a general statement that I'm making um you know I used to always think that I didn't know anyone who had an addiction until me, right? And then when I came out with SBGC, I had friends tell me, oh, my dad, this and that. And I'm like, wait, Mr. Blah, blah, blah. And they'll be like, yeah. I'm like, wait, what? He looked, he didn't look like he had, had a problem. But, and that's, that's like, that's just our community. We just, we literally just keep on floating with our, with our problems. Um, you know, I've heard people, multiple people say things like, you know, I'm depressed and that's, and that's okay. It's like, it's not okay. Like you should get help for it. Right. But I hear that in and out of our community, I'm depressed. I have anxiety and that's just life. You know, people are not, I I think now we're getting, we're, we're doing it and we're getting better at it, but I don't feel like our community is so great at like admitting that they need help for something with, with something, right. Admitting that they're suffering from something, admitting that like, they're they're not where they they're they're not mentally and spiritually and, and and emotionally where they should be or want to be because on the outside the outside looks good then who cares about the inside but the inside cares a lot so I feel like I understand a lot of people like for me I'll be so honest with you like I love I love SBGC However, because this is a new concept and again this is a new concept of saying that you don't have so we're not, we don't endorse a pathway, but we, we don't endorse any pathway, right? All pathways are, are welcome. And we're also saying like, you can do other things, but the 12 steps and still be sober. You, you can still practice harm reduction and be so, and be a welcome in this club. We're, we're saying all these things that weren't used to be said in the recovery um, 
in the recovery community. We're basically saying that I don't I don't have any interest in telling people how to get sober. I just want them to know about the different pathways and us to get together and talk. That's my goal. That's what I think is important. Again, another another different idea. You know how many people be like, I just can't believe that like you guys are not doing this, this, and that. I'm like, but why do we have to do that? Who's who said we had to do that? Like, why don't you understand that everything we do was from an idea, a belief from someone else? And you can make up your own beliefs and ideas and you can make up your own groups. So that's what I'm getting at. There's not that many groups um, where all of us are in the same place. Like we're nationwide. Like you know what I mean. Yeah, can you imagine how many lives probably would have been saved from a lot if exactly. there was more flexibility and just being able to adjust and create space for people to be creative in their healing because that's so restrictive and and that's why even when it comes to certain things, religions and such. People don't thrive because it's the same thing exactly. with being a parent or being a coach. Everyone is not going to respond the same and everybody needs something different. The goal can be the same. Absolutely. But how exactly. we get there, that's got to be flexible. We have to create that space. So shout out to you for creating that, that space and doing it unapologetically. But Jay, I'm saying that because I want, I'm encouraging other people to create their space. Like I live in New York and I like, I have don't get me wrong, I am fulfilled in my relationships, my friendships, right? I have friends who, who are great. A lot of them <laughs> who are great, no, they are great, right? They're, they're awesome, right? But I do miss like the queer scene in New York. I, I love like going out to New York City and hanging out with other queer people. And those are not the people who are generally in the club that I hang out with, right? And that's great, that's great. But I do miss the scene that I was once a part of before the pandemic, like that I'm not no longer a part of. And I do miss it. Right. And I remember two weeks ago, I went out and I didn't drink and like do drugs. Like clearly I didn't. Or was it not? It was not, I'm lying. It's not two weeks ago. I think I told you that week, whatever, that weekend, whatever that weekend was. Um, and even though I didn't like do drugs, I didn't drink or anything like that. It just was like, how awesome would it have been if like all of us were sober right now? It would have been so good. It would have been amazing. And like, I, I wish I had like a a queer New York City sober community. I really do. And I think it means just means we gotta create it it, off off offline. And that's something that I have been thinking about as well too. So we gotta talk about it. I mean, sure it doesn't have to be on your shoulders or on the same people to continue to just make spaces. But if if it's something that's there and there's a need and, and a vision that you can see it, like imagine that like you said, imagine that world where it's like, all right, it's Friday night. Saturday night, whatever, we going out, we're going to this club, but I don't even want to, I don't even really want to say what my vision is. I don't, don't want to say it. No, say like, it because the truth is they don't even have to be sober, but we're just not drinking tonight. Like, I don't even need people right. to be sober. Like, you know what I mean? But just tonight. Or a place or even a place that you cannot come into if you are yeah. under How any cool type of influence that? and we just got to have it do it, but it, but it could be really dope. And something that could really happen where I think it's definitely a need. And it could be out there, but we don't know about it. So it must not be that many if we're talking about it. But that's the thing. That's another thing. Who suffer? And I don't know. I don't know the statistics. So I'm not going to make up statistics. I know that during the pandemic, gay men of color were dying in rapid rates due to overdoses especially I know it was a big thing in California so I don't know the New York numbers and usually you know drugs drugs addiction is one thing however there is like an alcohol to drug pipeline like there is a pipeline I might not have had a drug problem however I still don't do drugs because that would lead me even if I did it sporadically 
that would eventually lead me back to alcohol. Even though one folk that may do this, may have a, an addiction with this and not with this, sometimes it's just that connection, that like pipeline thing, right? Like, that, and not everyone goes through that, but I know for me there is. Like if I do certain things um, enough times, I'm eventually gonna be like, okay, maybe I should, I should like, you know, come down with, with, with alcohol. Like, you know what I mean? It's just, it's just the thing that I've been, I've been, I've experienced so many times. So I know for a fact the queer community struggles with alcohol and addiction, especially black queer people. Oh my gosh, we have to suffer with being, and I don't, and let me use my words very widely, right? That's one thing, right? That's something that, that people can experience racism and prejudice from, for, right? And then, especially if you're a woman, you know, all the sexism and misogyny we go through, especially in black households, especially in black households. And then if you're queer. Trifecta. Yeah, yeah, like, you Trust might me. as well, you might as well, I, I don't even want to say any, I, I just remember his ways, I don't want to say anything that's going to just like to discourage anyone, but, and I don't know your experience, I know my experience, which wasn't that um, bad because someone else came out before me in the family and it was just what it was, but it was hard. It was, it was, it was scary. <laughs> it was, it was a lot. So of course, why wouldn't queer people, queer folks struggle with substances? They do, like they, they do. Um, I think that a lot of us are just like, I can understand. Like, how can I tell queer, queer, queer and, a, and a lot of, especially for men, I don't know the statistics on women. I'm just more familiar with the male statistics in, in the queer community. And I just know that oftentimes when I heard, heard stories, you know, you know, trigger warning, suicide was involved. Multiple overdoses were involved. Like life-threatening um, experiences were involved. It's a lot. It's a lot. So there's, no, um, no, uh, substance, substance issues, uh, addiction, substance problems is definitely a big thing in the queer community. Unfortunately, I just don't think that they're being given um, adequate advocacy, I guess is the word I'm looking for. I don't think that enough is being done for them. Well, it's a start here. And I think it's been a dope conversation. And if you guys could believe this, can you believe that we actually set a goal to talk for 30 minutes? 45 at the max. And it's well beyond 45. All right, well, we're going to have to call it an episode. (laughs) No, we love it. We love it. We're going to come back. We always come up with different topics and let us know what you're thinking, how you're feeling the show something you might want us to talk about whatever we we definitely try our best we're loving it we appreciate you guys vibe and katie you want to leave them with anything else um okay i just want to say this i want to say one i don't think i don't think i know nothing is ever temporary and i always tell someone that if you're on a sober journey and something like you know quote unquote triggers you you don't have to feel bad about that. Like you're literally rewiring your nervous system. Like we don't even talk about these things. Like we just, oh yeah, you just feel this, man. This is what happens. No, like when you drink and do drugs for a certain amount of time, 
and saying let's it's time your whole body needs rewiring and there's certain things that you may not be able to do i know i hear oftentimes people say like yeah i thought i was an extrovert and now i'm an introvert okay that's cool but that's not the case for everyone i was an extrovert before and i'm an extrovert now however at the same time i had to admit and acknowledge that there's certain things i just couldn't do early on like one drink mocktails you know two you know mess with f-u-c-k people <laughs> people I couldn't people who just trigger me like I had to cut them all out in the beginning now I can I will literally read you in the beginning I just didn't have the strength to even be in any type of altercations and arguments you just you won like I'm, I'm leaving and it's okay like you know what I mean you can always get back to who you were if that's who you want to be even though I think the person that you will become once you are sober and you're able to like rebuild your life in a way that you want to will even be better than who you were, but you'll have the opportunity to say, you know what, I do want to do, still do this. I still want to listen to trap music. I still want to go to paint and sip. And I and it's fine because I'm not triggered. You know what I mean? You'll have the opportunity to really define what triggers you, what not, what doesn't, what you need to do today, what you can do today, but you know in your brain you might be able to do it in the future. Nothing ever is permanent. Um, so just go with the flow and listen to your body. I guess that's all I have to say. We cannot end it any better than that, guys. Make sure you drop a comment if you're checking this out on YouTube. Leave us a review over on Apple, Spotify, all that good stuff. Another episode of Sober Black Girls Club in the books. Uh, Yeah, peace. (laughs) Bye.